Are you afraid to think about your retirement? Today we're talking about how to create and empower the retirement lifestyle that you want. Richard shares that a small shift in mindset can make the difference. He also shares his perspective and insight he has gathered from conducting 75 plus interviews as well. So please stick around and enjoy the show. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because we're going to talk about retirement. You like, <laughs> retirement. What we're going to talk to Mr. Richard Haydug is going to really empower us, and he is going to answer how to find and empower yourself to have the retirement that you want. So without further ado, I'd like to re- welcome Mr. Richard Haydug to the show. Welcome, sir. It's a pleasure to have you. Tanya, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This will be fun today. <laughs> I'm looking forward to because like I said, I was like, he has collaborated and, and gathered 75 plus interviews on retirees. And I thought the funny part was I thought he was going to in, in, um, interview me, but he wasn't like about that. So without further ado, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and how did this journey come about? Well, I've, I've retired over the last five years or so, kind of gradually phasing down work and, and, and getting into uh, retirement activities. And when I was seven years old, I wanted to be an author. And I was really intent on it. I, was, I would write a story every day. I, they were never longer than, an, a pa- than a page. They were always about something silly or, or science fiction or whatever. And for about a year, that was what I was doing. And my parents and teachers and friends were all encouraging me. And then, you know what? <laughs> when you're seven years old, you don't stick with things real long. I hit about eight years old and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go out and play baseball with my friends or I want to do that stuff. So I, I then 65 years later came back to that ambition and I came back to it because I heard friends of mine telling me cool things they were doing in retirement, things that they really had a passion for. Um, And some of them were actually people that I'd known for a long time. I had no idea some of the things they were up to. Uh, One of my buddies had been in the senior Olympics and had always been too modest to talk about it. And he won a medal. And I thought, Dave, you got to, how come you never told me that story? He says, I didn't want to be bragging. And and then I had that same experience with others. And I'd hear these stories of what they were doing. And there was a moment in time, uh, Tanya, where I said, these stories need to be told. These are, these are too good to keep underground. Right. Um, so, so I set off on the path of finding more of those stories. Well, I'm glad you did because, like I said, it leads you to how we talk today and, and really giving us like cool feedback on like some of the stuff that people have already done to figure out their path to their retirement. So, when you when people are transitioning into the retirement age, what's one of the key things that you found? as you've done some of the interviews, what, what are the key, um, you know, uh, trends that you've seen along the way? Okay, so one of the things that really seems to have a big impact on people getting empowered and getting into the retirement, and I call it the go from versus go to. 
retirement for a lot of people is I'm leaving my job. I'm leaving that lifestyle. I'm leaving that behind. And they're focused on that. And, and rightly so. I mean, they've spent years of their life doing that. And when they retire, there's nothing to fill its place. Um, the people who have had a, really an amazing retirement experience go to something. And before they retire, they know what that is. They say, I'm going to volunteer, or I'm going to go climb a mountain, or I'm going to go do something. And they set some ideas for themselves. Um, it might be, I'm just going to play more golf. That's okay, too. But just have an idea of what, what you're going to instead of saying, well, I used to be an engineer. Well, that's fine. You used to be that. That's great. But what are you going to be now? What is your future plan? And I think once you get over that kind of barrier of thinking about your past versus thinking about your future, you're kind of on the way. You're, you're on your way to empowering your retirement. I love that. I, I never even thought about that, the, the go-to, because when I, when I retired, I retired from the military. I was retiring from the service, but I didn't know where I wanted to retire to. And I think that's a great aspect I never even thought about. So thanks for bringing that up. It's like, so what... what when you found in these stories, people really reinventing themselves. Is that what you're finding along the way? Uh, some are, some aren't. You know, it's people have a different um, idea of what they want to do in their retirement. Um, one guy goes fishing. He says every day that he can. Um, and that was his thing he wanted to go to. He says, I've always wanted to fish. He says, each day is a different day. And I said, I can't imagine that's true. And he says, no, it really is. The, the stream is doing this and the flies are doing this and the fish are doing that. Um, and he said, and each day I learn something more about, about fishing. Um, so he's not, he's not climbing a mountain. He's not doing anything, but he has decided that's what's important to him. I love how you, like I said, you're hitting some um, golden nuggets on a lot of people maybe not really it's the mindset of when they're retiring is basically how you can figure out if you're going to retire. So it's your mindset will actually, like I said, what you said, go to rather go from, and it's, it's not living in your past. It's like, what do you want to create in your future? Is that, right. is that what I'm hearing? Yes, exactly. And <laughs> one other, one other thing that I think um, this, this depends, it's different for each, for each person, but retirement is an awful lot more parallel activities. When you were working and were in the were in the service, you did something all day, and that was your job. And 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 it was kind of you did that on Monday, and then you know what on Tuesday, you did the same thing. And it might have had a little different variety of, of within the job, but it was your job, and it was you know nine to five, and it was five days a week or whatever it turned out to be. Retirement doesn't have to be like that. It can be a different, a completely different thing on Monday than on Tuesday. So, you know, someone might do some volunteer work on Monday and do a part-time job on Tuesday and go do something athletic on Wednesday um, and maybe not even have a plan for it. But one lady I interviewed, she said, you know, I was a teacher all my life and I knew exactly what I was doing each day. She said, my retirement each day is different. And I said, and that's good, right? And she says, no, it's just weird. <laughs> I can't get used to it. That Monday and Tuesday are going to be completely different. And I said, why isn't that joyful? And she said, because I'm still learning. I'm still learning that each day can be different. 
and I don't have to have the patterns I had when I was working. Um, I'm going to have a retirement. And it was actually during the interview, she kept saying, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe this is pretty cool. And I said, I think it's amazing. And she said, I'm just not used to it. She said, I got to think about this a little more. But the idea that retirement is going to have multiple parallel things can be a success formula for certain people. Um, uh, I've seen others who have gone the other way where they've said, like the guy who wants to go fishing wants to do that every day. And that's like his new office. Uh, his office just happens to be standing in a stream, but that's what he does every day. And that works for him. Uh, in fact, he loves it. Um, but for others, it's a multitasking kind of thing. Right, right. Now, I, I'm, we're going to dive a little bit more into, you know, empowering your retirement, stuff like that. But I really want to know, like, how did you find your subjects to be interviewed? I, mean, I think that's fascinating because you had a certain criteria that you were looking for. Yeah, so it started with just people that I knew that, that I thought were doing something interesting and I'd interview them. And then my last question was, like any good networker, I'd always say, and who else should I talk to? And they, and they would almost always have someone that they said, oh, I know this person who's doing this really cool thing. Um, I had one lady who referred me to three of the finest stories in the book who were scattered across the country. Um, so referrals were a big part of it. Um, and then at the end of the 75 interviews, I had about 800 pages of transcripts. Um, because the stories had been so rich. I let people just talk. I just said, I'm gonna shut up and listen. I'm gonna turn on the tape recorder and hear what you've got to say. Um, and that, that turned out to get a really great interview experience, but an awful lot of content. Uh, so editing it down was, was difficult, but it allowed me to pick and choose those things that were each separate from the others um, and each of which had something to say about the person. Right, right. So now we're going to talk about how do you can empower your own retirement, stuff like that. So when you when you um, interviewed these people who are doing, you know, the different things that they've transformed into life, you know, because I know it's, it takes a trans, it, it's hard to transition sometimes when you're doing something like repetitively, like your job, and then now you got freedom to do whatever you want. So when when people are about to face that age, what would be your recommendation you know, after listening to the, a lot of these stories, what would your recommendation be to people who are like about to face retirement or maybe are scared of maybe going into the unknown? I'm going to give you what I think is the best answer, but it doesn't apply so broadly. Um, the people who had the best transition to retirement eased into it. And, and by that, I mean, they worked a little bit less each year for a few years and they retired a little bit more each year. Now, from a financial standpoint, some people can't do that. Some employers aren't gonna let you do that. Um, but for those who have the luxury of being able to do that, they had to put their toe in the water. They got to try things out um, and, they had to, and they got to recognize that in retirement, trying and failing is part of the, part of the fun. Try something that you that your kids and your family and your friends say, are you kidding me? Are you going to do that? And say, no, I'm going to try that. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'm going to try that. Right. Um, and, and when you've got a job where you say you're working two or three days a week and then you're kind of dabbling in some retirement stuff, trying and finding out is a neat kind of thing to do. Um, 
I would say for most people, they can't do that either financially or their, their, their boss just isn't going to allow it. Um, I think with COVID, more and more employers are saying, yeah, you know, you're working part-time would be kind of cool. I'd like to do that. So I've, I've heard recent stories that that's, that's okay. But I think having an idea of how the transition is going to work, what is your passion? What do you want to try? What are you pretty sure you want to do? And then what are the things that you have no idea whether you like it or not, but you want to try it? Um, so having a, having a plan works for most people. Tanya, there are other people who just say, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to figure it out. And that's brilliant. I think that's fun too. Um, but that's tough though. I, I, I could never do that. I don't know if you could or not. I, 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 that just sounds hard to me. Um, right, right. I'd like to have kind of an idea of where this is going. And I would say that correlates more highly with a great retirement. Those people who had, let's call it a passion or a sense of purpose or empowerment's another word for it. They just knew where they wanted to go. Um, um, and then one of the guys said, I don't know where I want to go, but I'm going to just try stuff. He said, retirement is trial and error. And he was very into volunteering. And so he'd volunteer at one thing and then he'd say, nope, this isn't the one. And he'd move on to the next one, the next one, the next one. And uh, when I talked to him, he was on, I think his fourth volunteer thing. And he said, I've arrived. This is the perfect one. And he's, he's mentoring entrepreneurs in the, in the developing world to help them on socially impactful kinds of things. And he loves it. And he's, he's terrific at it. Right, right. I want to remind our listeners, too, that this is the moment where I say, if you're picking up anything that Richard is dropping down there in them gems, please give us a thumbs up, give us some comments, let us know some feedback. And I really want to dive into more about how you actually got back into the writing thing, because like I said, you touched on it. You knew in your mind you wanted to be a writer, but you didn't know exactly how this was going to pan out. So how did this become your journey into writing again? No, I don't know that I really did know I was going to be a writer. I when I was seven, I did. When I was 72, I, I was going to do other stuff. I was going to volunteer or I was going to do exercise or whatever. The, the writing um, crept up on me. It, it wasn't something that I thought I was going to do in my retirement. Um, but once I got into it, then I said, the interview process, as you know, from what you do, interviewing people is great fun. And especially people who are doing, you know, just really interesting things. And I became, I became completely uh, addicted to the interview process um, and listening to people in a very free form kind of way. I, I, can, I can definitely relate to that because like I said, I'm learning, it's, it's just like, turn, I feel like when, when we're like listening, it's just like, be quiet, just listen for the gems because they're out there. And you can pick up so many juicy nuggets by what people are sharing with their stories. I love that. Yeah, so, so every every interview, once I got into it and kind of got a, a pattern, every interview started with, how would you describe this stage of your life? And then I had the tape recorder on and I just shut up. And my first question was almost always, oh, really? And then I'd shut up and listen. Um, and people, people got going, you know, they just really, sometimes you had to draw them out. Sometimes you had to, to give more guidance in the, in the questions. But when you say to someone, tell me about your life, 
people ought to be able to answer that question. That's not, uh, and they ought to be able to answer it in a way that comes from the heart. Um, this isn't like, here's my resume. It's no, here's my life. Um, my life as I'm looking at it looks like this. And here's what I care about. Um, so, so the emotional content of the interviews was amazing to me. When, when you let people talk, they, they open up and they tell you what's, what's kind of in their heart. Right, right. So, I mean, we can tie a little bit this into how you got your content for your book, but also how you do your podcast, you know, how people do their podcast interviews and stuff like that. So being that you interviewed so many people, what would be your juicy nugget for those who want to improve their, their interview skills? Shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been doing a few podcasts now and, you know, I think the, I think the media uh, now that it's, it seems like there's these long monologue questions and then they say, and I've only got 30 seconds for the answer. Give me a yes or a no. Well, that's, that's not an interview question. That's a, that's a show off question. And, and I, I can tell from your questions, you want to hear what I've got to say and you want to guide it. But, but you don't want to be, you know, front and center. Um, and I think um, there's a huge variability in the people doing podcast interviews, as there are in media interviewers, of people who really want to hear what the person has to say. Right. And, you're, right. and you want to hear what I have to say, or else you're doing a very good imitation of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, I'm always fascinated because I think interviews is just, I've learned so many juicy, I, I always call them juicy nuggets, but I pick up so many gems by people sharing their information. So I really, you know, we're getting down to the last couple of minutes. So there's like, I would say maybe three questions that I have for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, what would you um, like to leave the audience with? I would say th that this can be the finest time of your life and, and look at what are the ways in which to make that happen? And look at the things that you have had a passion for and have not been able to do. Um, and, and a lot of people have things on that list. So I would say find your passion and follow it is probably the, the important thing. And, and remember, there's no wrong answer. It's what you want. Um, and, and that's different for everyone. Right, right. Now, number two. Okay. Where can people find more information about you, your book, your services, and what you do? Okay. Um, so I have a website, which is richardhayduck.com. It's H-A-I-D-U-C-K. And that has all the updates on the book and the blogs and all those sorts of things. So it, it's kind of, uh, it continues to evolve. Um, the book is available on Amazon in hardcover and ebook um, and uh, is available. Um and um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of thing, but that's all listed on my website. I also want to, I don't think we touched on it, and I, I don't think you said it, is what's the name of the book so people know what they're looking for? Ah, great question. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the author supposed to say that sometime? I forgot, I forgot <laughs> to do say that. that. <laughs> so the book is called Shifting Gears, 50 Baby Boomers Share Their Meaningful Journeys in Retirement. Okay, that didn't count as a question because I just thought about that as we were talking. <laughs> the last question, though, is would you be willing to come back and maybe dive more into some stories and share some great stuff that you found along your way in the journey of your, your um, interviews? 
I'd love to. I'd be honored to do that. This is great fun. I, you know, even if you don't, even if you don't broadcast it, let's just have these conversations once in a while. <laughs> I like, I like them. So I'm, 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 I'm giddy, like woo. <laughs> so I want to thank Mr. Richard for your time. Thank you for all the insight that you share. I can't believe like 20 minutes goes by so quickly, but it was a pleasure talking to you. And like I said, I would love to have you come back on. We share some more stories maybe help shape some people who are about to go into retirement. I think that would be wonderful that if you want to say, come back. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. Thank you very much, Tanya. And thank you for, for a very good interview. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And I want to remind our listeners that feedback is always welcome. Email us if you have any guests and show ideas. Links will be posted to all of the, the uh, sites that Richard had mentioned. So make sure you check it down in, in the description box because there's some juicy gems down there. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed it, give us a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the insight that everybody's sharing, please hit that subscribe button over there. And please, please take things in stride, go with the flow, and create your own path. And we'll see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Bee. So, bye-bye. Bye. Share with us. What was one of your takeaways from today's show? Post your answers in the comments. Hi everyone, this is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free, and if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.